My name is Ben Greenfield, and on this episode of the Ben Greenfield Life Podcast. Back in 2008, it was a researcher, Zhang, who had identified urine-derived stem cells. And back last year, the Wake Forest Institute of Regenerative Medicine, they basically took money from an NIH grant and funded a study on urine-derived stem cells. And so if they took from a single adult, they found 140 clonal stem cells in a 24-hour urine sample. And it says specifically they, they perform basically identically to a mesenchymal stromal stem cell. It's the same or roughly the same in its doubling time. But the fact that they're there, which is the fabric of life, the genesis of life is right there in your urine is a shock. But the thing that's even more shocking is the the replication rate. The study showed that it replicates at a rate of one times 10 to the power of eight in a three week period, which is actually a hundred million. Fitness, nutrition, biohacking, longevity, life optimization, spirituality, and a whole lot more. Welcome to the Ben Greenfield Life Show. Are you ready to hack your life? Let's do this. If you're in your 30s or anywhere beyond, you got to start eliminating senescent cells in your body. These are the so-called zombie cells that make you feel old before it's time to feel old. They linger in your body after their useful function, hence their name zombie cells, wasting energy and precious nutrition and leading to so many middle-aged symptoms like low energy, brain fog, slow workout recovery, and joint discomfort. But luckily, you can nuke these senescent cells. There are a bunch of different newly discovered plant-derived ingredients that when expertly combined can help to reduce senescent cells, and the folks at Neurohacker have cracked the code on putting them all together into a fantastic product called Qualia Senolytic. Qualia Senolytic. Now, this could be one of the biggest aging breakthroughs of the decade based on what we know about senescent cells. It could take years off how old you feel in just months. And you only use it twice a month. Six capsules twice a month. Super simple. I'm actually on my cycle right now. I just took six this morning. I'll take six tomorrow morning. Then I set it and forget it for a month nuking my senescent cells and feeling younger in the process. So if you're sick of feeling old before your time, try, try Qualia Senolytic. Go to neurohacker.com slash Ben Seno, S-E-N-O, neurohacker.com slash Ben Seno, backed by a 100-day money-back guarantee, and that code Ben Seno will give you an additional 15% off at neurohacker.com forward slash Ben Seno. All right, folks, here's the deal. It's Black Friday mega sale, and this year by optimizers has really hit it out of the ballpark. So it's not just a one day thing. They're doing this for the entire month of November. It's a mega deal only available for listeners only with my code. It's our little secret, you and me. Now by optimizers is a company I have unwavering trust in. They're the real deal when it comes to improving digestion, optimizing your brain. Their top of the line magnesium product alone is the best in the market. Me and my wife take it every night and they back up all their stuff with a rock solid 365 day money back guarantee. No questions asked. So you can start filling up your shopping carts and stocking up on buy optimizers goodness and you won't find a better Black Friday deal anywhere else. Not even on the mighty Amazon. Here's how buy optimizers.com slash Ben. And your code is Ben10. Buyoptimizers.com slash Ben. Use code Ben10. Check out all their best of the best products with this Black Friday, not day, but Black Friday month. And their stuff is amazing, by the way. Their, their entire product suite is just very well formulated. I use a ton of it. Their Gluten Guardian, by the way, if you want to eat bread and pasta and I have gut issues, whoo. 
So it's amazing. My best friend at an Italian restaurant. So buy optimizers.com slash Ben use code Ben one zero. All right. A lot of people ask me what kind of mattress I sleep on. My son actually climbed into bed with me the other night to snuggle up before bed. He's like, your mattress is so plush and soft. It's actually the same mattress he sleeps on. He has the same brand as I do. I don't know. He just thinks mine's better. Maybe it is better. I do have the fancy one. It's called Essentia. Essentia makes a mattress, an organic mattress, all organic, so no VOCs or nasty chemicals in it. They built a Beyond Latex organic foam technology that perfectly supports your deep and your REM sleep cycles. They built in EMF blocking technology in it, EMF barrier foam technology, which helps to protect you against the negative impacts of EMF while you sleep, while also having active cooling technology, while also allowing for your bloodstream to optimize oxygen flowing through the body, which they've shown in red blood cell analysis called dark film microscopy from people who sleep on this mattress, all without having to plug in a bunch of stuff or have Wi-Fi in your bed with you. It's all organic. It's all natural. No wires or electricity at all. So you get $100 off one of these amazing luxury protective Essentia mattresses to get the best sleep of your life. MyEssentia.com slash Ben Greenfield is where you do that. M-Y-E-S-S-E-N-T-I-A.com forward slash Ben Greenfield. Use my code BENVIP. That'll get you 100 bucks off your mattress purchase. Yay. So Essentia mattresses. I sleep on it. You should too. All right. Well, folks, I've got... um. I've got an interesting backstory behind today's podcast because if you've been listening to my show lately, then you know that I've been helping my father deal with a battle against colon cancer. It's been difficult just emotionally, logistically, physically, mentally. Uh, you know, I, I wish I'd known a lot more before seeing a loved one go through pain and suffering like that. And also seeing myself as his son kind of mirrored in that suffering, all of the different dynamics that go into uh, caring for and being with a loved one who's that close to you going through uh, a battle like that. Now, as I've been somewhat vocal and as I am somewhat well-connected in the health community, you know, all sorts of people have come out of the woodwork to graciously offer assistance in the realm of everything from, you know, detoxification to, uh, to remedies, to emotional support, to, you know, nutrients and bioavailable protein for staving off things like cachexia and, you know, a host of other really, really helpful solutions that I've been able to help my dad out with. And at the time of this recording, he's actually quite stable after going through a, a significantly difficult period of time. So thank God. Uh, but one guy who I've kind of run into along the way who I've known for quite some time, but I didn't know he was this steeped in cancer therapies that basically you've just like never heard of stuff that really flies under the radar. Uh, his name is Jonathan Otto. And I actually met Jonathan way back in the day. I forget the name of your film that you interviewed me for Jonathan. Do you remember? Yeah, I think it was Unbreakable, Destined to Thrive at Memory. Okay, Unbreakable, yeah. And um, so, mm -hmm. so Jonathan makes all these, these crazy documentaries and online programs, you know, very controversial, as you would imagine by the titles like The Truth About Cancer 
and the truth about vaccines uh, and diet against disease, uh, even down to things like Bible health secrets. I actually recently went through that, Jonathan. That was fascinating. Uh, Jonathan gave Thank me you, access brother. to all of his programs last week. And so I've just been kind of binging a lot of his stuff. So basically, he goes around and interviews all these interesting people and, and condenses it all into these online PDFs and videos and audios and some fantastic programs. But anyways, uh, I was reconnected to Jonathan through my friend, Dr. Isaac Jones, who's also been on the show. And uh, Jonathan, you and I were talking and I was walking. I'm actually walking on my treadmill right now, but I was walking outside when you and I were talking and you were just blowing my mind about things like animal venom and urine therapy and and something called rig veer and and all this stuff i was just like slow down slow down i was feeding through the fire hose i said look we need to turn the microphone on and just record some of these things you're talking about because i've never heard any of this stuff before so that's what we wound up doing and here we are you know on a kind of off hours for me but this is so important i wanted to do it so i'm recording in the evening on a on a tuesday and uh, jonathan was gracious enough to to kind of hop on last minute with me and make this podcast happen. So first of all, if you're listening, all the show notes, I'm going to put at bengreenfieldlife.com slash auto, O-T-T-O. And Jonathan's already sent me over a ton of studies and PubMed research and graphics and all sorts of helpful documentation for the type of things he's going to talk about today. So again, show notes, along with all that research and plenty of other goodies in the show notes are going to be at bengreenfieldlife.com forward slash O-T-T-O. Um, so Jonathan, uh, first of all, welcome to the show. And, uh, and, and then just going straight into that, dude, like you are, you are on the fringe of a lot of this alternative health stuff. So I would really love to hear what got you attracted to all this in the first place. Uh, sure, man. Again, thank I mean, thank you for the opportunity to share. It's, it's, it's a mission. Like, I mean, you saw that firsthand when, I mean, it was, it was just about your dad and, and I, I can see how much you love your dad and how much you want to get truth out to everyone that follows you, man. And so it's an honor to be here. So when it, when it comes to just how I got to all this, it, I didn't expect to go so fringe because there's a time when I thought that conventional methods for cancer treatment were just fine. So it, I didn't naturally doubt everyone and everything. It was it was after just seeing such enormous suffering. So my my background, I studied as a journalist, and and got my degree in, in Australia and did a postgraduate degree. Found myself not interested in just covering uh, status quo, uh, you know, just horrific kind of everyday uh, tragedies that really. I could do nothing to help and, and to make any difference. And so my background before that, I'd done a lot of humanitarian work and I was an ambassador for World Vision. You, wait, wait, wait. You, you were an ambassador for World Vision? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's interesting. Did you know that uh, we, we have something called the Spiritual Disciplines Journal at Ben Greenfield Life? It's a journal that I made for gratitude and purpose and self-examination and the like. But we actually donate a portion of the proceeds of the sales of that journal and my other spiritual books to World Vision, an organization me and my family wow. and now my business have been supporting for like a decade. I didn't know you were involved with them. Oh, it's so awesome, man. Yeah, I mean, I was, what, seven or eight years old when I'd seen a World Vision commercial and I just broke down crying, told my mom, we need to do something about this. And she was smart enough to say, well, you can do something about it. And so I started delivering newspapers with her and we 
made enough to sponsor two children for like the next 10 years. And then, uh, but when I was 17, I became an ambassador for World Vision. They selected me to be the public representative in Australia to like travel to Tanzania, document what was happening, come back, share these stories. Uh, and, you know, it just, it smashed me. It broke my heart seeing all these things. I, but knowing that there could be something that could be done about it really motivated me. And that's actually where that segued into health because I started to realize this is just like that. It's just, um, it's an, it's an information war. And if people knew they wouldn't suffer and that's kind of where that all kind of transitioned. Wow. Okay. So, you know, I'm just curious because I'm looking at the list of stuff that you cover, you know, stuff that a lot of podcasters won't even say, or they'll say it backwards. Like I was listening to some podcast the other day, the guy was saying Recknack in a podcast about cancer because he didn't want to get censored. You know, COVID, vaccines, truth about cancer. You talk about a lot of controversial stuff. I'm just curious before we even like dive in, have you actually been censored quite a bit? Like, Because I know we've been through a lot of that in the past several years, but how has that affected you? Oh, dude, it's brutal. Uh, we, <laughs> I get censored off everything, anything you could possibly imagine, even the things that you don't think you can get kicked off, I've got kicked off them. Uh, really? So it's it like, oh, yeah, ev- like even membership areas like Teachable, like that's not something you'd think you'd get kicked out of or Vimeo, uh, certainly YouTube, even TikTok, like how many TikTok accounts have I had banned? And I've just treated them like kind of, uh, uh, you know, relentless soldiers going into a battle that they can't win, knowing that they will die on the battlefield and uh, just to get the information out. So I've kind of just sacrificed all these accounts uh, because, you know, we've, you know, we've got cl- around a half a million subscribers on our ones that haven't been shut down, but it's just, huh. it's brutal, bro. Wow. Yeah. It kind of reminds me, I, I used to run a CBD company and we'd have to like change payment processors and URLs all the time because you just get shut down. So you change the name from, you know, nature CBD to natural CBD and change to a different payment price. So like you're always getting chased, it seems like. And obviously yeah. you're doing a lot more than just, a, you know, a, a non-psychedelic form of cannabis. But regardless, yeah, I, I would imagine being in the industry you're in, it, it must be tough because you're delving into a lot of weird stuff like animal venom, animal venom. I mean, yeah. you and I were talking and my, they, we were talking when my dad was still in the hospital. He got discharged about four days ago. Um, and you were talking about animal venom and, and even its, uh, its relevance to things like medical supplies and tubing and things like this. And I'd, I'd never even heard of this. So let's start there. What, what's this deal with animal venom? Oh, sure. Look, this is, this is the real thing. Uh, and it's really shocking because if you were talking about toxicities, you would say heavy metals, like basically everyone listening right now would say heavy metals, major factor. Absolutely. Everyone would uh, consider gut flora, toxins, environmental toxins of different sorts. Yeah. Micro, microplastics and pharmaceuticals probably. Exactly. All of that, like the forever chemicals, PFOA, PFOA, C8, this Teflon, et cetera, et cetera. But there's movies even in the mainstream. So like Hollywood even put movies out on this and the stories behind them and how, how you know, DuPont got attacked with black water and things like that. But uh, then parasites, a lot of your audience would even now know about parasites. But the, this issue of venoms is real and it's not just conjecture or just some conspiracy. It's so real that like I felt compelled that I had to tell you about it because I was deeply worried that it wasn't being assessed in the regime. Because, uh, and, and why am I saying that it's so prevalent? Um, 
Okay, one basic answer to that is just anyone do a Google search and have a look at what is being used in pesticides today. And then you'll find that the most common ingredients are scorpion venom and spider venom, cone snail venom, and various top types of pit vipers and crates. Okay, wait, wait, wait. Are we, are we talking about like synthetic things that a pesticide manufacturer would produce that has a chemical similarity to snake venom or scorpion yes, venom exactly. or whatever, or are there actually a bunch of little scorpions exactly. in cages running no. around in these labs? No, uh, no, oh, well, there's there's enough, but it's peptides, and, and that's okay. it's it's peptides. So it's it's a it mimics. It's basically taking the toxic components only, and I can show you studies that back this. Uh, so it's taking the toxic components, the one the the aspects that are most lethal, uh, typically, or um. Yeah, and then t- using that to target, in this case, insects, but either not assessing or simply knowing that that is going to feed the disease industry that would then feed the cancer industry, the you know, degenerative disease of the brain, et cetera, et cetera, autoimmune. Okay. All right. So, so, so what you're saying is that you could sit down and look at like a venom that you know could kill an insect or break down an insect cell wall or whatever, like scorpion venom or snake venom or you know, one of these other venoms you're talking about, and you could synthesize that via peptides because these are all just strings of amino acids, these venoms, and you could use that in a pesticide. But what you're saying is that when we consume food, I'm assuming you're talking about the U.S. agricultural food supply primarily, although you can clarify whether or not this is international, we are consuming those same pesticides that are basically mimickers of animal venom and it is contributing to disease somehow? Absolutely. That's exactly what I'm saying. And it's, it, there's no way to get around it. You have to look at the patents. The patents give away a lot. Monsanto, Bayer, uh, having patents in using the venoms as pesticides, various types from cone snail to vi- you know, the snakes, the variety of snake species, scorpion. These are all very common. And um and so what that means is that they're getting into our food supplies. They're in us without us realizing. That, that's interesting about this animal venom, Jonathan. Um, you know, I'm, I'm just curious, though, because, you know, you'll look at people. She's really great. But like the food babe, Vonnie Hari, who talked about the chemical and the Subway sandwich bread that essentially just gets broken down to like water in the human body. And it's not that big of an issue. But when we're talking about animal venom, obviously it sounds scary, but I'm just curious as far as the actual connection, like, has it been demonstrably proven that as we consume these peptides, that there's an increased risk of certain diseases? Yeah, no, it's very important to see this. And like, there's lots of different dots that you need to connect to be able to work this out. Okay. So I'll give you some examples. Um, uh, Let's say, let's say glyphosate. Now, multi- million, like centi-million, over $100 million, even in the suit of Dwayne Johnson, which sounds like the actor, different guy with non-Hodgkin's lymphoma that basically was fatal. And so he then you know, got, got this kind of $100-plus million suit as an example. There's another one that was over a billion or something like that. These huge suits, one, because of the cancers that are caused by these, these chemicals, and people just kind of lumped it in like, okay, glyphosate is just some slew of chemicals, but then you see the patents, and then the patents give it away. Um, and so 
Dr. Seralini when he uh, gave the rats uh, the Roundup Ready corn and then found that their bodies filled up with tumors. This was a, like another incidence of what is happening here? What is this some kind of dysregulation that's happening? And what's the ingredients? Why would it cause this kind of disre- dysregulation that would cause basically the body to allow these tumors to grow that normally would circulate in the body? Uh, with cancer uh, tumor cells, but then now they are out of control and uh, prolifically uh, you know, growing as if, it's, as if it's something that the body wants. And then now you switch over to animal studies that specifically show uh, that cone snail venoms are the primary uh, uh, mechanism that they're using to create gliomas, like for example, brain tumors, um, and other types of cancer to try to use then a therapeutic agent that would mimic something that would be able to bind and and reduce that cancer and then be sold as a drug. So that's how prolific uh, venoms are. They're the primary tool that is used to induce tumors in animals to then trust test drugs. I want people to understand that. So what you're saying is the same ingredients being used in our food supply to kill insects off of our food the same food that we then eat are being used in laboratory models to induce tumorigenesis. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Um, uh, it, this is, uh, I'll show you a study here. Uh, this one's, this one's a really important one. By the way, the videos on YouTube and also at bengreenfieldlife.com slash auto auto is going to show a, some, some screenshots during this podcast. So you may want to check out the video too. Go ahead. Okay, so here, like, look at this, uh, this graph. Okay, so look at the title of it. And again, these are things that why on earth are people experimenting with conotoxins, which is so lethal. Like, if you get stung by a conus geographus cone snail in the, wi- in the wild, it's an 80% fatality rate. Jeez, I, was, I was freaking out about the scorpions and the snakes. I didn't think the snails sounded so bad, but I'm looking at this study. Huh. Oh, yeah, proliferation they're, of they're- glioma C6 cells. And that's with this cone snail venom, huh? Absolutely. It's turning it on. And okay, so, and you're hearing about turbo cancers, right? Turbo cancers? Turbo cancers, yeah. So that's interesting. Like, okay, so normally we get told that tumors take uh, five years, 10 years. Yeah, they, they told me, by the way, that my dad's had been growing for 10 years. Exactly. But are they even assessing the fact that? Let's say, what's the cause for the cancer? Because if the cause was something like a cone snail venom that replicates easily in the colon, I can, I'll show you this, um, then it could be, not only could it be years, it could be like, a, like less than a year, but months or weeks or even days, because these studies show that it's in li- as little as 72 hours. Jeez. Hey, okay. Jonathan, so, but look, like a lot of people will wash their, produce and vinegar. They'll choose organic. People are aware of pesticides, right? This is not a newsflash to anyone. I think that pesticides might not be the best thing to be eating. I think probably the part about animal venom is a newsflash. But when I was talking to you, you were making it sound like even if you're eating organic produce, there's some other places this is popping up in objects that we're actually exposed to. I think you said like medical tubing or something like that. Uh, I don't remember saying medical tubing, but I can okay. tell you, I might've said water supplies. I think that's what you're okay. talking about. Maybe that's what you said. Yeah. So I'll give you an example. Um, uh, 
now let's go with this study with, uh, this is Dr. Carlo Brogner, uh, and he did this incredible study in Italy that was showing, uh, as peer reviewed, you find it on PubMed, and uh, it was venom uh, peptides in uh, COVID-19 patients. So toxin-like peptides in plasma, urine, and feces samples from COVID-19 patients. Okay, so now look at the results here. Like this is June of 2020, June of 2020, Mm. before any vaccines were even released. Okay, results. Toxin-like peptides almost identical to toxic components of venoms from animals, like conotoxins, now, these are all snake venoms, phospholipases, phosphodiasterases, zinc metal proteinases, and bradykinins were identified in samples from COVID-19 patients, but not in control samples. Hmm. Okay, so now let's have a look. What does it say? And it used the word almost identical. So now a skeptic is going to say, well, it said almost identical. So therefore, it's not. It just looks like it. So big deal. Move on. Why are you making a big deal about this? This actually proves my point better than anything else, because I said that it's peptides. It's not the actual venom uh, from a like a milk snake. Right, a, a synthetically like a lab-derived peptide. Exactly. Yeah. Conotoxins, uh, potential weapons from the sea, uh, was an was on the Department of Justice website here back in. Let's see, it was two thousand and. <laughs> A research study from the Office of Justice Programs in the U.S. Department of Justice called Conotoxins, Potential Weapons from the Sea. So these would be considered potentially like biological weapons that we're using in our food supply. Exactly. And they blatantly tell you here that conotoxins are so easy. There's no regulation. They can put them all through the environment. They show all the different ways that they could be put through aerosolization, put into the air and uh, put into, uh, you know, other documents show that they, they can easily be put into the water supplies. This is what I uncovered in a film called Covenom 19, where we actually just go on to senate.gov not right now, and I can show you in the MK Ultra declassified documents, they say blatantly that they uh, put venoms, like pl- paralytic clamshell venoms, saxotoxins, which are various different types of venoms, into water supplies between, in this case, the CIA put it in the FBI building without the staff knowing to see if they could carry out a clandestine activity. But that's an example of them just doing something against the public's awareness. And then you, because you have to find some reason now why all these different venoms showed up. And, and I'm not talking about like, they kind of looked a little bit like it. It shows you the exact amino acid chain length. It shows you here that it was the Malayan crate, the banded crate, the Uruguayan coral snake, the Chinese cobra, the Malayan spitting cobra, inland taipan, coastal taipan, four different types of eastern brown snake. Mm-hmm. And now all the, uh, this one starfish in here. And then the rest are like the California cone snail. How, what do the Italians go swimming in the California huh. ocean? You know, I'm, I'm, I'm a pretty libertarian capitalist, and as much as people might hate for me to say this, you know, if a seed manufacturer or, you know, a farmer wants to use pesticides, well, I'm not necessarily going to send the army over to shut them down. But I do think that we should proactively protect ourselves using preventive methods, at least. You know, I thought about washing your produce or buying organic. Um, but in your opinion, like with what you know and what you found out about animal venom, let's say that we can't necessarily escape this stuff, whether for nefarious purposes or otherwise by whoever's making it from showing up in our bodies or at least in our food supply or environment. 
what would you do? I mean, besides the obvious of choosing organic and washing your produce, like what are some of the other things here that we could do to protect ourselves against things like this? Absolutely. Well, the water supplies is an issue. So you want to be filtering your water and you want to look at filtration techniques that are going to help to get these kinds of poisons out. Uh, so, you know, what type is that? I mean, reverse osmosis does clear a lot out. Uh, eating organic, yes, it does help a lot. Um, distilled water is very interesting when you look at the mechanism of it and it's going to come actually, uh, we are going to talk about urine and that's going to be really fascinating for people to understand the mechanism because some of the things I think are beyond us and what we can do. And so we need uh, basically these proactive measures and different tools that are available to us so that when we get affected, we can use these types of things. Because I would agree with you, generally speaking, most of the things that we would live quite similarly uh, in that I'm not like this hyper cautious, oh no, that could have venoms, that could have venoms. I basically just know what to do if something gets into my body. And I've had people even on my research team, uh, even just last week, uh, two close personal friends of mine uh, all had their life saved basically by understanding how nicotine works because all venoms bind to nicotine receptors. If you're in your 30s, or anywhere beyond, you got to start eliminating senescent cells in your body. These are the so-called zombie cells that make you feel old before it's time to feel old. They linger in your body after their useful function, hence their name zombie cells, wasting energy and precious nutrition and leading to so many middle-aged symptoms like low energy, brain fog, slow workout recovery, and joint discomfort. But luckily, you can nuke these senescent cells. There are a bunch of different Newly discovered plant-derived ingredients that when expertly combined can help to reduce senescent cells. And the folks at Neurohacker have cracked the code on putting them all together into a fantastic product called Qualia Senolytic. Qualia Senolytic. Now, this could be one of the biggest aging breakthroughs of the decade based on what we know about senescent cells. It could take years off how old you feel in just months. And you only use it twice a month, six capsules twice a month. Super simple. I'm actually on my cycle right now. I just took six this morning. I'll take six tomorrow morning. Then I set it and forget it for a month, nuking my senescent cells and feeling younger in the process. So if you're sick of feeling old before your time, try, try Qualia Senolytic. Go to neurohacker.com slash Ben Seno, S-E-N-O, neurohacker.com slash Ben Seno, Backed by a 100-day money-back guarantee and that code Ben Senna will give you an additional 15% off at neurohacker.com forward slash Ben Senna. All right, well, Ketone IQ. Ketone IQ is back. They were, they were out of stock and they're back in stock now. And this stuff's amazing. It's a staggeringly clean-burning fuel. It's like the fourth macronutrient. You got carbs, you got fats, you got proteins, then you have ketones. For superior mental clarity and athletic performance and metabolic health and being able to go, 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 even without eating many calories. They're 28% more efficient at generating energy than sugar alone. Super stable fuel for the brain, for the heart, for the liver, for the diaphragm. I started using these things years ago when I was racing Ironman triathlon. I got on the ketone bandwagon. Holy cow. They've cracked the code on making this stuff affordable. Good, but also affordable. These these ketone IQ shots, they they actually aren't going to break the bank. As a matter of fact, if you get one of their subscription welcome kits, you get three 12-ounce bottles of ketone IQ, two shot glasses, and a golden ticket to give some more to your friends. You can get their shots version, 24 ketone IQ shots, one ketone water bottle, a golden ticket to give to your friends, 30% off that subscription order at hvmn.com slash benji. That's hvmn.com slash benji. 
You subscribe upon checkout at that URL for 30% off. You can also get them in California if you're crazy enough to live in California uh, inside Equinox at their California Earth Bar locations and all the Sprouts grocery store locations. So you got to check this stuff out. It's a game changer for nutrition. Go listen to my podcast too with Lot Monsoor, their chief scientist, crazy smart guy. Came to my house and hung out for a few days. Dude's into ketones. He made me drink a lot of that stuff. I felt great. So hvmn.com slash Ben G for Ketone IQ. Yeah, you, you sent me something here about, about a nicotine patches. This is super interesting. By the way, I should note, Jonathan, I interviewed somebody back in the day who was talking about nicotine's um, interaction with the acetylcholine receptors and how people who wanted to yeah. tone their vagus nerve address constipation that might be due to an inhibited migrating motor complex in the gut, they could actually try a nicotine patch and that it could address some of those issues. I think other people are, of course, aware of the focus and the cognitive enhancing properties of nicotine, particularly via delivery mechanism of something other than a cigarette. But what's the deal with, with nicotine, these animal venoms? Absolutely. So one, I, I respect that you're on top of that. <laughs> this is just the rabbit hole goes so deep here because like I'll, I'll bring up this slide here because it. It is so important to understand this because if what I'm saying is true, if this is the primary mechanism, it means that uh, if somebody is infected, they need to get access to something that will bind to the same receptors that these poisons will bind to. And I'm saying that so much of chronic disease across the board is related to these venoms. And I, I'll, and I can explain why, because it's, it's so much more than just the pesticides. This is linked to HIV AIDS as well, because if you look at the homology sequence of HIV, rabies, and, and uh, bungarotoxin, which is a crate snake, uh, they share the same homology sequence, which means that it could not have uh, come from the wild. It had to come, in this case, through, through genetic engineering. And in that same year, we, in 1986, we had the announcement of chronic fatigue syndrome along with HIV AIDS. And then we had all these uh, STD-related blood viruses that basically have been all through my body and I've had chronic fatigue syndrome, suffered all these things. So it's so prolific to think about how immune systems have been damaged through uh, potential different types of bi biological weapons. And whenever we apply this premise, and I'll show you various studies that show nicotine as effective on anything from tinnitus to low hearing to Tourette's syndrome to Parkinson's disease to glioma C6, like aggressive brain tumors that have an eight-month survival rate, uh, to autism with adults with aggression or documented, which, you know, I sent to you ahead of time and we'll, we'll go through which ones we can. Yeah. And, and by, by the way, I was blown away by these studies that you sent, but I guess my, my biggest question for you, Jonathan, cause obviously, you know, I'm, I'm all about jumping into some of the practical stuff here. Um, even yeah. though, of course, if people want to take a deeper dive, I'm going to link to all these studies in the show notes. Yep. How much nicotine are we talking? Like, are we saying like, whatever, chop on a piece of Lucy gum once a day? Are we talking about like covering your whole abdomen with patches or, or what's the dose here? No, no, really minimal. And all the studies are bas basically backing uh, 7, 14 uh, milligrams as a patch. 7 as to 14. A, like, okay, so a lot of these gums are like 2 to 4 milligrams. I think a lot of the patches are anywhere from like 1 to maybe 10 or so. No, they're typically I, – I mean, I've never seen them at that – more like 7 to 21 is okay. what I – they're the only ones I've okay. seen. So 7, I, 14, and 21. Okay. And you're literally talking about just like the kind of nicotine patches you can get off Amazon. Yeah, or Walgreens or your pharmacy. Like I just want people to get to – if they have these symptoms, 
I just want people to get them as soon as they can and then like get some of the other brands like, yeah, Lucy is good for the gum and uh, rugby is uh, it, it's by GlaxoSmithKline, but they, they have, uh, it's pretty, it's pretty mild in terms of the toxins that are there. Well, what's that? What's that one by GSK? Oh, uh, it's uh, rugby. Rugby. And that's a, that's a pharmaceutical form of nicotine. Yeah, same same as the rest. Basically, hmm. it just has a few less toxic ingredients because hmm. they're pretty average, but they're so important to get because you have to compete for the the receptor. Okay, so the receptor all all venoms bind to the alpha seven nicotinic acetylcholine receptor. That's important to understand. Universally, they bind to this receptor so much so that like a mongoose or a, or a um, uh, Badger, they don't have nicotine receptors because they basically adapted out of that from a like natural adaption evolutionary perspective. So they they don't get get affected by a snake bite. Uh, whereas we have these nicotine receptors, and so whether it's a cone snail or a scorpion, they will hit these receptors. Through those receptors, they uh, block uh, the like basically they block sodium, copper, calcium, potassium. And by blocking these channels, they will cause heart attacks, uh, referencing back to the heart attack gun from disclosed in 1975 by the CIA that was, that was using shellfish venom. So they, they'll create heart attacks immediately by blocking the, uh, the minerals uh, that your body circulates. And so all these deficiencies that you just can't work out why you're so chronically deficient uh, can be because these these venoms are present in the body. This one here was a 24 to 72 hour period at an application of nicotine. The reason why they even did this study was simply because they know that venoms bind to nicotine receptors. So then what they're trying to do is find a drug that will match the uh, ability of nicotine, patent the drug, and then make money from that. That's kind of the the, yeah. the go-to. Uh, by the way, I've got to give Dr. Brian Artis a shout out. He's, he's, he's a chief uh, researcher at on this a heavyweight, but look at what had happened here in 24 to 72 hours. Uh, the tumor formation dropped by more than two times in that short period. Wow. Yeah. Look at this. Image. Why That's isn't fascinating? Wow. You know, it kind of, it kind of makes you wonder if, you know, despite there being so many issues with this phenomenon of vaping nicotine and even the surge and all these Zen nicotine pouches and everybody seemingly addicted to buying nicotine from the gas station, if, you know, there might be a side bonus here of some people being protected against some of these things in our food supply. Obviously, I think a patch, I think a patch would be the clean the cleanest way to do this. Yeah, don't you think? Absolutely. So like people need to be aware of what happens with with vaping or smoking. The combustion is insane. Like you're talking about six hundred added chemicals in a cigarette. Or, and, and then vaping, I, I don't think it's much different. But even if it was organic tobacco, once you smoke it, the combustion uh, multiplies those chemicals to about six to 7,000. Wow. And 70 of those are known to cause cancer. So the attempt to try to cure, so the attempt to try to cure cancer, by the way, a call from my sister to try to uh, save the life of somebody uh, right now that just came through, um, her, her mother-in-law actually. Uh, and I, you can't tell me that it, you know, that what just happened to her heart wasn't connected to this vaccine where she's like basically in a life-threatening condition. Man. You, you hear in these cases all the time. So you see what, it's real, real time, bro. Go ahead. Okay. So, um, you know, obviously some of this stuff we could talk about for hours and hours. And of course I'm going to make the show notes pretty thorough. So we've got, we've got <laughs> animal venom as something to be aware of, and you're making a case for nicotine as being something that might protect you against that. If you're showing a lot of these symptoms that are in some of these studies that you've shared uh, and that I'll put in the show notes, but you kind of 
gave me a little bit of a pattern interrupt when you also brought up to me on that phone call the idea of Eurotherapy, which is not going to Europe for therapy, but is actually urine therapy, which I believe is just like drinking urine. So uh, possibly a little bit of a of uh, 180 here. Maybe it maybe it correlates to what we've already been talking about. But where does urine therapy fit into the picture? Yeah, no, th- th- this 100% correlates. Uh, well, firstly, I'll just say this: like, how do you create an anti-venom? You can't just kind of sit there and invent it. You, the only way to create an anti-venom is to inject a large mammal or anything with with a, a venom, and then to take the blood out and, and then spin the blood, the a type of centrifuging, and then. And that is the the serum. And so it's a reaction of the blood and then a purification of the blood that they're trying to do through these anti-venom methods. Uh, it's why in folk medicine, you've got the reference to um, you know, jellyfish stings and various types of stings then being remedied by by urine. Uh, but it's it's so much more than that. But see, that's, that's a lead-in because I've not seen anything be completely regenerative like urine when it comes to... Uh, various types of dysregulation in the body. And it, it just blown my mind, Ben. I can't tell you, man, how much this changed everything for me. And you know, I was a producer back on The Truth About Cancer, and I saw a lot of people suffer with cancer through that journey. I just wish I hadn't known about that then. It's been around for the longest time, but it's been cloaked in so much mystery. Big Pharma did, to me, Big Pharma, their most incredible job wasn't like, for example, vaccines and kind of convincing people that they could just load themselves up with these things and that it would be fine, even though they're filled with things that... Uh, you know, completely, um, uh, you know, destructive, like, like heavy metals. And, and again, you've got all these animal, you know, parts of animal bloods and human embryonic kidney cells and various things. It's, that wasn't their masterpiece. Their masterpiece was making us disgusted at the most powerful medicine that exists as far as I'm concerned. Uh, and they're, I did not realize one, that there were stem cells in urine. I did not realize that there that urine is certainly the most studied medical substance in even in modern medicine. No kidding. Of any single substance. Huh. There's stem cells in urine? Yes. Yeah. Uh, so the stem cells in urine, this is to me the most incredible thing. I'll tell you about the study that Wake Forest did. This was last year. This was one of the most remarkable studies that I think that really validated this. So back in 2008, it was uh, a researcher, Zhang, who had identified urine derived stem cells. Uh, and and back last year, the Wake Forest Institute of Regenerative Medicine, they basically took money from an NIH grant and funded a study on urine-derived stem cells. And so if they took from a single adult, they found 140 clonal stem cells in a 24-hour urine sample. So uh, one, that is interesting to, to have stem cells at all that basically, and it says specifically, they, they perform basically identically to a mesenchymal stem cell a mesenchymal stromal stem cell, which uh, in, in that it rep, it's the same or roughly the same in its doubling time. Uh, actually, I think it's more powerful, by the way, in its doubling time and also in its immunophenotype. Uh, but the fact that they're there, which is the fabric of life, the genesis of life, uh, is right there in your urine is a shock. But the thing that's even more shocking is the, the replication rate. So, I'll tell you the math on, on how it replicates. The study showed that it replicates at a rate of one times 10 to the power of eight in a three week period, which is actually a hundred million. So, but does that mean like if you were to drink stem cell rich urine, 
that you'd actually get some kind of like oral bioavailability of those stem cells? Because nobody really drinks stem cells, right? They inject them or sometimes do intranasal administration or occasionally like a like nebulized stem cells, but nobody actually drinks them. And I always thought Eurotherapy was just like drinking your pee. It will. Yeah. Okay. Sure. So (laughs) one, this is what's so crazy. I'm saying that this is because we're addicted to white coat syndrome where we just think that only healing has to come from somebody getting in a suit, a white suit and getting a needle. And even though we're holistic, we somehow think it has to happen through needles when it completely goes against biology. Because the question is, what's in the original design? And this is where faith comes into it. Not, not faith in the, you just believe it. I'm saying this is where worldview uh, comes in where you can look at something, but not even realize what's going on. For example, when you were in the womb, Ben, where did you go and urinate? Where did, where did, like, where'd you go to the toilet while you were in there? I guess it's, uh, uh, kind of like in the, in the fluid within the, within the uterus. So is it like in the amniotic fluid? Yeah. The urine, urine is the amniotic fluid. Oh, Okay, so you yeah, you, and- you mean when I'm producing urine, that the amniotic fluid you would find in the uterus is derived from me peeing in there? Yes. Okay. And so uh, it's critical to understand the absorption and the function and how it's critical for how we even came into existence and how our genetic blueprint was all to do with our urine. And this is what is not being talked about. So at eight weeks old, urine would actually go eight to 10 weeks. Urine would go through your nostrils and which was filled with what? Stem cells as proven now, which we've only known about stem cells for about 15 years. And, and so now we're understanding of what's happening at, at 10, around, around eight to 10 weeks. It's the urine that goes in to form the lungs of the baby. It forms the lungs and how, so basically you've got a genetic blueprint from the fetus and then you have a stem cell. And what does a stem cell do when it attaches to something that has information that, that tells it of what it can be? It forms that, what it's attaching to because it is undifferentiated and it will then form whatever it, stimulus it's attached to. This is how you can actually even create a heart or any other organ on a scaffold outside of a body by simply attaching stem cells to a stimulus of what it's saying, well, you need to be a heart. And so one, urine actually went in through the nostril and then the mouth, and the baby is drinking urine about every three hours but as it continues. So amniotic fluid becomes more and more heavily urine from the baby. It switches from being the mother's fluid to being the baby's urine. And, and this is also the way that the baby is – it's part of the uh, ability for a baby to correct its abnormalities with uh, brain uh, – fluid cysts in the brain and white spots in the heart. And the baby is actually resolving these issues, um, you know, just during its time in the womb. But this cycling of urine is actually, it's taking in the stem cells, it's absorbing them, and then they're getting urinated out again. And the, and then they're getting used on the exterior of the body of the baby and transdermally. And then they're going in the baby and it's cycling like this. And once people get this picture, they'll realize that all these applications that are most powerful are actually the ones that mimic our biology uh, and how we came into existence. Okay, so you shared this book with me. <laughs> Great title, Your Own Perfect Medicine by this author, mm-hmm. Martha Christie. You said it was like the Bible of urine therapy. I didn't read it. Yeah, I got it on my Kindle. I might crack it up on the airplane tomorrow. We'll see. Uh, I, I, I probably should be too hydrated beforehand because reading about urine makes me have to pee as does listening to the sound of waterfalls. Um, but the, uh, the, the clutch question here is how does this even work? Like, do you literally just like 
pee and drink it? You know, kind of similar to my question about nicotine. You know, how, how do you actually administer it? Sounds like a patch. But what's it do with urine therapy? How do you even do it? Like, okay, so you get he's got a little glass jar here, folks. Is that your pee in there, Jonathan? Yeah, yeah, it's not, not much, clear. but not it's just yellow. a little bit. You're very well hydrated. Yeah, exactly. There you go. Right. So make it easy for yourself for starters. Wait, so that you're, that you're not joking. That's like that's your pee and you drink it. I promise you. Okay. Like, you know, I'd be an idiot to lie about this. I mean, I the way that I could illustrate it for no, I, I can't do it without being graphic. So there's no way for me to no, like, I did, for you no to, trust me. No, my, for sure, most of my listeners know where pee comes from. You don't have to explain that. But what do you, what do you do? You just like do well, you exactly. pee like every day and just drink it? I do. Um and it it it's it made a huge difference for my health. I've been doing it for a year straight. I mean, it made a huge difference in your health. Sure. I'll just illustrate this first. It really doesn't taste much. That oh. actually tastes like green tea, which is weird. Huh. Okay. So, so what you, what you notice when you started drinking this stuff? Okay. So firstly, like immense energy. Um, I've struggled with chronic fatigue syndrome since I was a child. That's where I was kind of running to every doctor to try and find a solution to that problem. Um, it was, it was huge for me to find, uh, the, the answer to that, to that problem. Um, and then a skin was really interesting. I'd get compliments and comments like, man, your skin looks, looks like so much different than what it used. It looks, looks amazing. It looks better. It looks, looks like you've really done something. Um, you know, what did you do? Cause I've had mild acne and, and this kind of thing as well and breakouts and, um, and just kind of just you know, just struggled. Uh, the other thing was that was definitely documented where you know, my, my doctor, you know, out of Tampa who just ran my blood work in May and then in August and watched this progression, she kind of like, like, I need to call you. I need to talk to you. I'm like, Oh no, well, what do you find kind of thing? And then it was more like just this ear to ear grin of what are you doing? This is amazing. Like your progression is incredible. She's been like on my case for three or four years and she was really amazed and really excited for me just as, you know, as a, as a friend as well to see me like have all these markers that showed my gut inflammation was like basically uh, almost completely resolved and um, other areas of toxicity and inflammation reduced. I mean, I would imagine part of this is people who are drinking their own pee are probably doubling down on some other health efforts in life if they're that uh, that, that that desperate to drink their urine. But I'm intrigued nonetheless. What's it have to do with cancer, though? What's it do for cancer? Yeah, sure. And by the way, I didn't actually – I wasn't taking any supplements during the time, which, which would basically meant then supplements versus urine for me. Right. And I have a supplement company, so why would I say that, right? I'm basically telling everyone that urine is the most powerful thing you well, can you put in your body. Well, you need to start a supplements company selling your own urine, bro. <laughs> yeah, well, this, the companies that did that are making billions, by the way. Uh, you know, Enzymes of America are extracting from port through Porter John. They're actually extracting from our urinals, selling urokinase back to us. Uh, Air Saranto made what eight hundred fifty-five in one one million in one year, oh. just short of a billion in one year by selling postmenopausal women's urine to women trying to fall pregnant. Everything like murine for eye, like murine is just urine with the letter M in front for the eyes, ear infections. Murine synthetic urine, which is carbamide and hydrogen peroxide for the ears. Well, I never uh, you've that. got um, urea for the skin and for burns, and even for like cancer therapies. Urokinase for cancer therapies. Just think about that. Realize that urea is used as a, as a cancer therapy, especially your kinase is one of the top cancer drugs, and it's a clot-busting drug. That's important information. Okay, so, um, so for cancer. Now, there's, there's some interesting information on this, on this with urine and cancer. So, for example, there are a lot of studies that go back, uh, for example, to 
the last, basically the last hundred years, you'll see so much of, of, you know, these, these clinical trials done on urine with all different therapists through, around the world and you know, conglomerates of doctors that were showing this remarkable uh, uh, turnaround in people's health from just like literally a few urine injections, injections now in the subcutaneous fat, okay? Um, that to me, uh, I'll show you some of these studies right now. I just uh, kind of pulled some out yeah. of of the of the book your own perfect medicine which people can find there and then like urinetherapy.com is where i put a lot of these free resources where people just get them but like so this here was new use of an old agent from 1957 urea treatment of excess cerebral and spinal pressure inoperable brain tumors edema of the brain, premenstrual water retention, meningitis, glaucoma. That looks like it was intravenous administration of urine with a 10% sugar solution, it says. Yeah, I believe so. This was, and this yeah, was okay. particularly so a urea. We're using needles in that one. Oh, exactly. No, yeah. I'm going to show you a bunch that were all based on needles, actually. Okay. So I'm just saying that for, for people, for, for the general public, the, the, the straightest line with this is simply just to drink your own urine or do urine enemas. Mm. Urine enemas, really? Enemas, oh, yeah, absolutely. Plus, I mean, think about it. If the colon is infected, I, by the way, that study that I showed you by Carlo Brogner, uh, that was the tetoxin-like peptides in COVID-19 patients versus those that didn't, he would do nasal swabs. He's a, one of the world's, I would say he's perhaps the world's leading researcher as far as I'm concerned clinically. Uh, and he he did nasal swabs on for COVID, then did anal swabs and they were positive for both, which, which was actually showing just the presence of venom peptides. The PCR tests were designed to pick up venom peptides. Once people work that out, then you'll start working out this whole thing. But then guess what? They would go negative in the nose, but they would be still positive rectally and they'd be positive rectally for up to seven plus eight months, nine wow. months. So this showed that... Um, what, what was actually developed was more to do with, uh, venom peptides with the ability to replicate in the gut. Uh, so it was replicating in the colon, which is if you, if you give instructions to a, a venom, uh, or sorry, to yeast or E. coli to form a venom peptide, it can do it. It's all the material that's needed. So if you have yeast and E. coli in you, then, uh, it can basically keep reproducing at its own rate. So that's one important aspect to understand why it would be important to even look at, to me, colon therapies that would actually address that at its source. And what you'll find with some of these, some in some cases, tumors were being injected directly with urine. Uh, and, mm. and in other cases, urine was simply being administered in the subcutaneous fat, or they were drinking it orally, and then that was how they were putting their cancer into remission. If I understand correctly here, you know, we hear about things like monoclonal antibody therapy, which was successful in some cases for things like COVID. And I know has also been used in cancer treatments. Essentially, you're talking about your own autologous antibody administration via the administration of your exactly. own urine as an antibody source. Exactly. Hmm. That's and that the, the autologous is is such a fantastic word because it means healing arising from one's own cells and tissue. And, and that's what we should be thinking about because your body knows what you've been infected with. And if I could prove to you there's not a single toxin in your urine. Uh, and if there were toxins in your urine, you would die in the womb because that urine actually goes all through your body. It goes through your skin. It goes in your eyes and you're suspended in it for basically 
uh, nine months yeah. of your life yeah. huh. and you're drinking it every three hours and you're self-selecting as a baby, an infant in the womb based on taste, if it had any toxins in it, which babies do get toxins in the womb, on average, they get 287 chemicals through the umbilical cord. This baby is able to distill those toxins into metabolites that are that look like they are the form, but they're actually metabolite ion versions of them. It's not the toxin itself. And that is the signaling mechanism that the body uses to get rid of that poison. That's where vaccines were actually based on urine therapy. If you look at the, if you understand where this whole concept huh. came from, huh. because all the cultures around the world practice this. Every yeah. cult, every main culture that you could imagine yeah. were basically the first. Well, that I, don't, I don't know if I'm going to convince my dad to drink his urine, but my audience knows that I pretty much try just about everything I talk to somebody on the show about, you know, within uh, my own moral and ethical value system. Uh, and, you know, I'd, I'd be game to try it, but are, are there any subtle nuances? Like, are we talking about the first morning void or, you know, yeah. I'm just saying that to make myself sound smart, uh, but I'd, I don't know, like what, what, how do you actually drink it? How do you know <laughs> when to drink it and, and how much to drink? Sure. Yeah. So let's say with your, firstly, answering the question on your dad, one, I, w I wouldn't even say that if I were you, I wouldn't say that oh, he wouldn't drink it. I wouldn't have drank it. And, and then everyone else that I talked to wouldn't have drank it that. Well, I'm going to send him this podcast to listen to. So maybe this will convince him, you know. Exactly. It's possible. Absolutely. And, and reading the book, basically, if you just take the pressure off someone, instead of saying you have to do this, you just, and your dad's a God-fearing man, right? Uh, yeah, I'd, I'd say so. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. Like, however, but even if he's, even if he's, regardless of where someone falls on that, but if they're willing to look at the information and they're willing to just even consider biology of where they came from, it can cause. I'll buy the book and send it to him. Your own perfect medicine, it's called, right? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, okay. so back to absolutely. how you actually so practically do this. Go ahead. Sure. So yes. So one thing I'd encourage people to do is to do their first clear morning urine because that is going to help people uh, get used to it. Uh, because if you if you do your first morning urine, it it'll be like a little bit stronger. But it, but notice that you've been fasting all night, which is why you're generating more stem cells while you're sleeping because you're fasting and you're sleeping. Your body's regenerating. That's why you know when you're younger, you're growing while you're sleeping. Uh, your body's producing these, and in the morning urine, you're going to have the most rich uh, density in the metabolites and you've got right, you know, over 3000 metabolites in your urine. And then you're going to take that um, urinemetabolome.ca is the site where you can look at every one of the 5,600 compounds on uh, that are in urine. But you, you've got all these metabolites there. You've got all these stem cells. Uh, if you start with your first clear morning urine, then your body will get used to it. And what will happen in about a week or, or less, or two weeks or so, your body will adjust so much that your urine will completely change its taste and flavor. And then it goes from being something like, like that's like, uh, to, oh, wow, that tasted amazing. And I'm not kidding you. Like that there tastes like green tea. So I could have made a green tea wow. or I could have just drank my urine wow. that was filled with stem cells. That, and some other times it tastes a little bit sweeter. Other taste, times it would taste a bit salty. If you're eating some pretty toxic stuff, it tastes pretty average. But the key is when, if you do it while you're fasting, which is while you're sleeping, then you're going to flush a lot of that out, get hydrated. And it's so easy to do. And it's just sad that everything else costs money, is painful. Well, I'm not going to eat asparagus for dinner tonight, but I'm going to do it in the morning. But how much do, my, do I need to drink? <laughs> nice. Um, okay, so there's no real rules. Like you could do 20 drops and that would have an, ama oh. an amazing homeopathic oh, benefit. Okay, that's doable. 
Uh, yeah, but okay, so I'm giving you a scale here. And so now on the other side, you could do, you could drink your entire output. Um, now, there are studies in your own perfect medicine that show people when they drank their entire output, the results were incredible. One of my really close friends, Dr. Ed Group, is certainly a resource to follow on this subject. Uh, he's an incredible um, individual and researcher on this as well. He did a gallon a day for 10 months and then did 270 tests oh. on himself, and his markers were immaculate, wow. according, to, according to him and what he shared with me. But one thing that happened as well for him, his gums regrew. He had gum disease, and he, his biological dentist had the whole team in his mouth because they'd grown back 1.5 millimeters which is amazing they never see that so you'll see different things like um you know with with gums and things like that gallon a day man he he, he gets the gold star huh he, he does they had yeah. gold, gold in every way right okay this is interesting you know I, I, there's so many so many questions i have for you but there's actually you know we talked about animal venom and nicotine we talked about urotherapy and i'll certainly link to some of these resources and studies you told me about this uh, doctor, though, an Israeli name, I think, Tel Orem or something like that. As an, uh, as an MD. Uh, Dr. Tel Orem, yeah. Yeah, and he does some kind of like uh, virus therapy or something like that. I hadn't heard of it. Can you explain what this is? Yeah, yeah. That, that one's an important one because we, we featured that in The Truth About Cancer. It was based out of Latvia, Riga, Riga, Latvia, which is the capital. So hence why it had the name Riga virus or uh, Rigvir. That's the name of the therapy is Rigvir? Yes. And because it... You know, chemo is obviously like a carpet bomb to the whole body. Whereas if you could have something specifically targeting uh, cancer cells, then that would be the holy grail right there. By the way, that's exactly what I'm saying that urine-derived stem cells do. That is going to be something that you want, you're going to want to talk about, by the way. But I'll come back to that because I think that, that, that urine-derived stem cells are like, like something like Rigvir on steroids as far as I'm concerned. But um, come back to, um, to Rigvir. Uh, it's an echovirus from healthy children's intestines, and it's – it's injected into the cancer patient because it's oncolytic, which means it specifically targets cancer cells, and then oncotropic, which means it specifically kills cancer cells. And so that is basically, it's the treatment for La in Latvia for melanoma and sarcoma, and the government pays for it. So it shows you that like a country that basically has banned GMOs uh, are, are adopting some of these really fantastic therapies. Huh. So. Uh, that's an example. And uh, Dr. Tel Oren is the only one that I know of that's doing it in America. Uh, Dr. Adiel Tel Oren, an Israeli doctor, you know, very smart individual. R-I-G-V-I-R? Yes, exactly. But I mean, I don't know of anyone else that's sourcing it there. But again, like, and that's why I'm so much alerting people to some of these therapies that everyone can do because this, and, yeah. and that they're completely autologous. And, you know, P is free. Exactly. Yeah. And there's nothing that signals the body like it as far as I'm concerned. Like, do you know that mesenchymal stem cells will actually aim at tumors? No. That's a, they just huh. go for them. And and do you know that uh, the studies are actually showing that mesenchymal stem cells actually instruct the tumor of what they should be? Do you know that tumors behave like amoebas, like one cell amoebas? They don't know what they are and they need to know what they should become. Okay. So this begs the question. Not, I don't know if you've thought about this. There's obviously some plant-derived compounds that have been shown demonstrably, you know, I, I think in some cases in vivo, definitely in vitro, to kill cancer stem cells, like curcumin and yeah. green, speak of the devil, green tea, you know, like the EGCG from green tea, I know black pepper extract, sulforaphane, um, resveratrol. Yeah. If, if you were consuming these compounds orally, would you wind up with metabolites of them in your urine that would make your urine 
even more medicinal against cancer? Have you ever thought about that or seen any studies on something like that? I, lo- I love how you're thinking about that. I have thought about some things just like that, but not that exact thing. And I think that that's really quite amazing. Uh, and because there's a two-fold approach as far as I'm concerned with that. The urine itself is now, well, mesenchymal stem cells are being used as delivery mechanisms so that when you take a drug and you deliver that with a mesenchymal stem cell, it will then go specifically and attach to the tumor and the drug will be effective. And in this case, the drug could be a natural substance like berberine or like um, termer, uh, curcumin, which, which have got clinical studies to back the fact that they kill these cancerous uh, stem cells and and uh, metformin and uh, like the, some of the drugs as mm. well, like uh, membendazole, the human version of fenbendazole that has been attributed to saving so many people's lives, um, which is a dewormer, right? So th- I believe 100% that that's exactly why we should combine therapies like that because um, this this one here uh, that I that I have in my um, notes here, I mean, this is the most amazing aspect that I found of what they were finding here. This here was showing another report uh, presented at the annual meeting for the Federation of American Society for Experimental Biology in Atlantic City, City, USA in April 1966 under the heading, Bringing Cancer Cells into Line, gives the account of research showing the effect of human urine on cancer cells. The two researchers found unexpectedly last year that urine extracts, which they called directin, which, which is basically a name based on what it was doing, uh, when added to the culture medium, caused all the cancer cells on which it had so far been tested to align themselves end to end into straight rows. Man, oh, wait, wait. Let, let me let me read that last sentence. I, I want to read this last sentence. This is crazy. The researchers have found that the normal human urine contains valuable ingredients or elements which are capable of curing deadly or killer diseases. Huh. Wow. Well, it's, it is so, you know, what I think is the most interesting part about this. Are you talking about how many of these pharmaceutical drugs, they are urine derived. I never really thought about that, nor did I think about the fact of, you know, why, you know, in the same case that, you know, there are some curcumin extracts and even cannabis extracts that are pharmaceutical derived. You could obviously, you know, grow your own bud and eat a root of turmeric. It's kind of a, a similar concept as far as the urine therapy goes. Now, now, you know, back to yeah. my question about stem cells, for example, have you ever thought rather than orally consuming urine to do like nebulizing or intranasal spray or something like that? I think it's amazing to get into the lungs, for example, to get the brainstem uh, and particularly of the aged urine. That's where you've got to kind of look at some of the applications there, because if you look at the case studies of people using aged urine, they're kind of just jaw dropping because it's basically amniotic fluid. And, and then it, but it's autologous, it's from you. And, and it's so rich in the evolved stem cells. Imagine like, I mean, this has been there for like two months. And that's at a, that's, that's at room temperature or you keep that cold. Yeah, exactly. I, it's room temperature. Uh, every aspect of that wake forest study, I'm not going to replicate because I don't want to put chemicals in it, but I'm saying I'm replicating biology by doing that. I just, you know, want to, want to show that it can, that it validates, uh, uh, that, that it, that it does have the stem cells, uh, I'd, I'd like to prove that. But it's it's clear to me that they're they're in there based on that study, and urine naturally is preservative, so that's and it, f- it cultures itself by f- fermentation, and becomes more and more alkaline uh, as it goes as well. Yeah, that's super interesting. Now, um, there's obviously so many cancer remedies out there, and alternative cancer therapies, and clinics, and things like that. 
And I know sometimes it can be dizzying. I mean, your whole documentary, The Truth About Cancer Alone, must have like 40 different remedies in there. So I'm curious. I, exactly. You know, my friend, Dr. Mercola, recently interviewed Dr. Nasha Winters, who was talking for her Metabolic Health Day announcement about how she's working on a kind of cutting edge cancer treatment facility in Arizona. In your travels and the people that you've talked to, are there places that you're aware of, like a center or a resort or a retreat where people could go and have a lot of these more alternative remedies administered and overseen by a professional medical team or something like that? There's a lot of places like that. Uh, one of them, the Hope for Cancer Center, where Dr. Tony Jimenez is doing a method. Wait, wait, wait. You, you, said, you said Hope for Cancer. Is that the one that's Hope, the number four cancer? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, exactly. It's in Cancun and in Tijuana. And so like, it, there's an example, it costs like a good chunk of money, right? And so just if people have that, then they can do that. But I can tell you that even at the Hope for Cancer Center, like, which is probably the world's largest holistic cancer therapy center, um, I'm, I'm uh, Dr. Tony Jimenez has got me going flying out to educate all the doctors on the science behind urine therapy, even though he's a pioneer of a certain extraction. Uh, which I'm really excited about from a mission perspective uh, to to actually do a clinical study. And so we were just talking talking about this over the last couple of weeks, and he's he's very excited to to move that forward. Um, so, like, but but for me, the whole mission there is to show people how this can be done from home, and so we can change people's lifestyles. Uh, and so that's one that I know of. There's there's a few down there in in Tijuana. There's Dr. Stanislaw Bazinski's clinic out of. Um, you know, Houston, Texas. And I went to court with him actually in Austin. I think it was in Austin, uh, where the Texas medical board were trying to get his license off him, but he was using the, uh, urine extracts as well for cancer hmm. called the anti-neoplastons, uh, both from human and horse urine of all things. Uh, and uh, his, his brain cancer results were kind of basically the world leading, uh, you know, results that people would all reference and, and, you know, used. Uh, so like there's, there's several different clinics and people have to do their own due diligence. And a lot of these places, my encouragement, like let's say someone was going to the Gerson's therapy center so they could do all the green juices and the coffee enemas and things like that. One, if someone's going to the coffee enema, I'd hundred percent say that the urine with the coffee is just quite miraculous. I, I actually, I, I do coffee enemas. I might try that. I know people are laughing. It sounds like I'm just like being, you know, convinced on air by some dude to shove my own pee up my butt. But again, like like in all seriousness, I actually do try just as an N equals one. A lot of the stuff that I talk with folks about on the podcast. So I'll, I'll try it, honestly. Uh, that's awesome, man. No, you'll get you'll get amazing benefits. Exactly. Yeah. People laughing about that. Don't don't realize that it just makes sense. Like if, well, you know, oh, Ben just got convinced by this guy. Well, no, not really. It it Ben saw me align facts that aligned with his origins and biology and the fact that this is something that he realized that he did since he was a baby and he's just lost the art of that of that uh, method yeah. of healing and so we're just relearning it that's yeah. that's different i'm glad you brought that up jonathan because again like i i don't i don't want to toot my own horn but I, I will admit i think a lot of people don't realize that i spent five years getting a degree in physiology biomechanics and pharmacology with advanced 400 and 500 level courses in biochemistry, microbiology, organic chemistry, and full pre-med coursework, including overseeing and TAing the anatomy and physiology lab at University of Idaho for two years, and graduating as the top senior at University of Idaho in the scientific fields with a 4.0 GPA in my science certificates and degrees um, or, or classes. And wow. so 
I, you know, I actually do have an understanding of this stuff. So it's hard to like pull the wool over my eyes, so to speak. And I'm certainly seeing some very interesting data in this research that you shared with me. And so I just want to name that, not to brag, but to let people know, like, I'm not just like, I love that. you know, running down, you know, controversial uh, conspiracy theory style websites and, you know, interviewing freaks all day. I take a deep look at the research and Jonathan must have shared like 50 PubMed studies with me in the past three days alone, uh, almost all of which, or all of which I'll yeah. link to in the show notes at bengreenfieldlife.com slash auto. John, we could go on and on. We're, we're running out of time here, but you have a lot of courses. You know, you had that Bible health secrets one, which as a Christian myself, I thought was super interesting. You have one called the New Hope series about spike protein and shedding, a very controversial topic that you get into on that. You have one about detox and healing methods. Then you you have a new program coming out as well, right? Yeah, absolutely. No, thanks for thanks for sharing those resources because I really just want people to get all these resources, and that's why we've made them available free as well because I just believe that everyone deserves answers and healing and to put an end to their suffering. And so, yeah, we've we've got all those uh, series, documentary series available. So you see all the doctors that are my colleagues, my friends. You see all the case studies where we validate this with real life people that have gone through all these kind of life threatening challenges and cases. We document it in real time, uh, and and so we. Um, my method of delivery has been through documentary series because I find them very entertaining myself. I enjoy yeah. watching them. Yeah, they're fantastic. By the way, I've had a chance to take a deep dive. What What's the new one? What's the new series that you're doing? It's called uh, it's called Healing Genesis, and so uh, Healing Genesis, and people can actually get it from just going to healingseries.com forward slash Ben. So that's healingseries.com forward slash Ben. Okay. And so that details everything that we're talking about here. It goes into more detail on uh, basically all the all the issues with how this okay. is showing up systematically. All yeah. these. Uh, you know, for example, the venoms, if people want to understand how that works and why this is kind of connected to so many different disease processes, like the, the reason why we're saying something like Parkinson's disease or cancer, why there's studies that show nicotine effective against them is not because nicotine is some magical like mineral that helps the brain so much. It's actually because it competes for the same receptor. You drop then that receptor that has venom bound to it will drop that in exchange for the nicotine. That makes way more sense why, you know, all these people are getting their lives back, um, you know, whether it be post COVID or an autoimmune condition, or even uh, the, the case of Parkinson's and Tourette's syndrome, like look at all the studies, they all exist. Why is nicotine working? So we detail that and how we've got real life case studies to back it up. People's lives that have been saved and changed um, like these chronic conditions where people stop breathing, uh, you know, the asthma, they need these types of therapies to get through that. And then the urine therapy and all of these things, we detail them wow. in, the, in the program. Yeah, I like your programs. You got like little books and transcripts. And I, I don't like the video. I like the audio because I can listen while I'm, you know, hiking or on a bike ride or in the gym or whatever. But they're really fantastic. You gave me access a few days ago and I kind of surfed through it all and must have binged, watched half that Bible health secret series. Just fascinating stuff. Really outside the box, obviously, is those of you listening could probably suspect based on listening to some of Jonathan's research here. Uh, but I'm going to link to all this at bengreenfieldlife.com slash auto, O-T-T-O. And uh, if anybody feels like joining me in an experiment of drinking your own urine and maybe even uh, don't don't spoil the whole coffee pot, but try to put a little urine in your own private coffee enema, that could be interesting also. I'm going to try it. I'll report back, Jonathan, okay? Oh, that's awesome, man. So I'll tell you what. Uh, Send that stuff to me. I'll put that in the show notes. 
for everybody listening, those are going to be at bengreenfieldlife.com slash auto, O-T-T-O. You can also leave questions for, for Jonathan and I, whether it be, you know, the subtle nuances of nicotine patches or how to administer a urine enema, or you can just uh, scream at him about all the silly remedies <laughs> you pick. But anyways, I've, I've been very, very, I've been very impressed with what I've seen from, from Jonathan. And so I highly recommend you, you check him out as controversial as he is. He's, He's an outside the box thinker, and I respect that. So, Jonathan, thank you so much for uh, for joining me on the show today. Oh, thank you so much, Ben. It's wonderful to be here. And just just a cliffhanger on that last thing: if people have vaccine injuries, just look at the therapies that we just shared. They absolutely work. I've seen complete. I've seen basically more than I can count of complete reversals. I yet have not seen someone that it hasn't worked for. So that's what I just want to leave people with. If, right. if people are suffering, um, that, that could be a life changer to use the therapies that we just talked about. So awesome. yeah, thank you brother for having me, awesome. man. God bless you. And especially your dad. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'll be sending this to him. I'm going to get, I'm going to buy that book as soon as we hang up your own perfect medicine. All right, Jonathan, thank you so much, yeah. man. I appreciate you and your concern and your research brother. You're doing great work. So keep it up. Thanks, Ben. God bless you, man. All right, folks. I'm Ben Greenfield, Jonathan Otto. Signing out from bengreenfieldlife.com slash auto, O-T-T-O. Have an amazing week. Well, this is pretty cool. Just put the finishing touches on a luxury VIP retreat in the Swiss mountains. So you may have seen a little bit of rumblings about this on social media, but the beautiful Six Senses retreat, all-inclusive luxury locale in beautiful Crans, Montana, Switzerland, has graciously allowed me to bring a maximum of up to 10 folks, and this could be individuals, couples, families, into a transformative experience there where I'm going to lead breath work, hikes, workouts. You'll get hands-on foraging adventures with nature's freshest ingredients in their cooking class locale there. You're going to get a chance to do amazing spa treatments, a meticulously curated program. You'll get to meet my wife, and my sons who will be there. Again, families are welcome. You can bring one or two or three kids. You can make it a couple's retreat. If you want to go solo, you can. There's a limited number of rooms where we're prioritizing couples and families. But again, if you want to get in, this thing is coming up around the corner, April 17th through the 21st, 2024. So it will be all-inclusive. You'll want to fly into Geneva, Switzerland, assuming you want to get into the closest airport. I've already got our flights. Uh, you'll want to mic your calendar for April 17th through the 21st. And here's how to get in. You go to bengreenfieldlife.com slash six senses 24. That's bengreenfieldlife.com slash six senses 24. And again, it's going to be incredible all the way down to like evening sing-alongs and stargazing and yoga and meditation. And again, the spa there is incredible. Sixth Sense is known for having incredible retreats around the world, but this one in Switzerland is supposed to be one of the best. I can't wait. I led a retreat in Portugal last year and people just said it was the most amazing experience of their lives. This one will be just as good, if not better. So go to bengreenfieldlife.com slash six senses. 24, and you can get in on this retreat that's coming up right around the corner, April 17th through the 21st. I hope to see you there. Want free access to comprehensive show notes, my weekly roundup, cutting edge research and articles, my top recommendations for everything that you need to hack your life, and much more? Visit bengreenfieldlife.com.
In compliance with the FTC guidelines, please assume the following about links and posts on this site. Most of the links going to products are often affiliate links, of which I receive a small commission from sales of certain items. But the price is the same for you, and sometimes I even get to share a unique and somewhat significant discount with you. In some cases, I might also be an investor in a company I mention. I'm the founder, for example, of Keon LLC, the makers of Keon-branded supplements and products, which I talk about quite a bit. Regardless of the relationship, if I post or talk about an affiliate link to a product, it is indeed something I personally use, support, and with full authenticity and transparency, recommend in good conscience. I personally vet each and every product that I talk about. My first priority is providing valuable information and resources to you that help you positively optimize your mind, body, and spirit. And I'll only ever link to products or resources, affiliate or otherwise, that fit within this purpose. So there's your fancy legal disclaimer.